You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the fabulous Feinstein's 54 Below. Before we get started this evening, just a polite reminder, please take this moment to silence your cell phones, and also there is no flash photography, please. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Feinstein's 54 Below podcast. My name is Kevin Ferguson, and I'm an assistant programming director here at the club. Our guest today is a musician, actor, makeup artist, and fellow podcast host. And on April 14th, she is making her Feinstein's 54 Below debut with her show, Feels Like Home. Everybody, please help me welcome the one and only Tina Scariano. Woohoo! Oh, my God. Thank you for that marvelous introduction. You have so many other amazing things going on in your life. I can't oh wait God. till the people find out what's going on with Tina. Thank you. I'm so excited. If you had told me even two years ago that this would be happening, I would never, ever would have believed you. I'm just so excited. It's my first time at 54. I mean, I've been there to see shows, but this is my debut at 54, and I get to do it with my own solo show, which is just like, holy bucket list. It's a dream come true. Well, let's tell the listeners why it's so crazy. What was your journey like getting to New York? Where are you from? Like, what was that whole journey like? So I'm from Billings, Montana, mm. born and raised. And I went to school for musical theater, like everyone in New York does. Mm -hmm. I went to Otterbein College and I worked on cruise ships. I worked for, do you know, do you know anyone from Otterbein? Do you know? I grew up in Westerville. No, stop it right now. I know, I know. I was going to wait for you to finish your answer, but I was just like, of course, of all the small world. Wait, yeah. no one knows Otterbein. No know. one knows Westerville. <laughs> yeah, no, wait a minute. Okay, so you know, know State Street. You know yeah. all the great hay, old bag of nails. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Place. Mm -hmm. <gasps> I know. I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. Ended up going to Wright State University, but love Otterbein. Grew up going to see their shows because it was right around the corner from yes. my mama's house. Yeah, so. Oh, I love it. I had the best time. I had the best experience at Otterbein. I'm the people that I went to school with are like my family and we all stayed really close. And a lot of us are in New York and it's a wonderful program and school. And I just, I had the best time. Yeah. Yeah. Great school. Great. Fierce, very fierce. So right yeah. after that, was, did you so come right to New after York? That, well, I, right after that, I went straight to work for Disney Cruise Line. Nice. I left summer theater and got on a plane and went straight to Disney Cruise Line. I worked with them. I worked with Utah Shakespeare Festival for a few summers. I played Cosette in Les Miserables nice. and Cinderella and Into the Woods. And I actually, I've quit the business a few times. <laughs> after my second Disney Cruise contract, I was like, you know what? I think I'm done at 25 years old. I'm like, I think <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to retire. And I'm going to move back to Montana and settle down and find a cowboy. And so I didn't settle down and find a cowboy, but I did move back to Montana. And I actually had a house. I bought a house with my Disney money. And it was like living in Montana, working in nine to five, just like directing at the local community theater and just like living my best life. And that's when I was like, wait a minute, I don't want this life. This isn't for me. It's not fast paced enough. I miss my friends. I miss New York. And I was like, I'm going to go do one last hurrah at Utah Shakes. And they were doing Into the Woods. Mm. And I threw my hat in the ring for Cinderella. And I got it. And I fell madly in love with the guy playing Prince Charming <laughs> and he lived in New York City. And so I was like, OK, I'm going to sell my house and I'm going to move to New York City. I'm going to follow this guy out there. And the rest is history. That was eight years ago. Wow. The guy didn't work out, but this life here in New York did. And I couldn't be happier. I'm so happy to be back in New York. Listen, I love that story. Every time I ask people what would their journey to New York was, it's not a short story. 
And no, a lot of people no. don't understand like how hard it is just to get to New York. You know what I mean? Right. And then once you're there, staying in New York. So how long have you been here? So how long was that? that you know? So that was eight, it was 2014, fall of 2014 yeah. that I decided to come. I had lived here. I had interned here. I had kind of been here on and off, but mm-hmm. I moved back officially eight years ago. All right. So now it's been eight years in the game. They say it takes 10 years to be a New Yorker after that quarantine. I think I got the hint. I think mm-hmm, I know mm-hmm. what it is. Uh, yeah, but I think so. I think so. Yeah. How do you feel about coming back after everything we've been through in these past couple of years? You're getting back on stage. Is this your first time with a live audience or have you had an opportunity before this one? Funnily enough, I've actually been back on stage, which again, I quit the business again. After I moved to New York City, I was like, you know what? I'm done performing. I've done the cruise ships. I'm just not feeling like I fit in in this scene anymore. It was so hard on my psyche to be Mm -hmm. faced with so much rejection. And I didn't feel like I knew where I was in the musical theater world. So I was like, you know, maybe I'll get into producing or stage management or behind the scenes. I wanted to be around the people. I love theater people with my whole heart. So I just didn't want to get out of that. So I dipped my hand in that. I tried to explore other avenues with different jobs. And I've worked with Out of the Box Theatrics. They're a nonprofit Mm -hmm. theater company off-Broadway. They're fabulous. Mm -hmm. If you haven't seen any of their stuff, go check them out. They're great. They were a huge stepping stone for my career. And it wasn't until the shutdown. I mean, I know this is cliche and everyone's saying it, but it was the shutdown. And it was just me in my apartment in New York City. And I had this guitar that I'd been threatening to learn for 16 years. I'd never (laughs) learned it. And so I was like, well, now's the time. And I started writing these Quarantunes. And I was like Mm -hmm. taking popular songs like Under the Sea and making it in quarantine Mm -hmm. and like writing funny words and verses for it. And I like was very rudimentary in my guitar skills. Like I knew like three chords, but I was like writing these songs and people just loved it. And they were like, oh my God, this is so great. And my friend Colleen Cook, who is the executive producer out at Homedale Theater Company Mm -hmm. in New Jersey, she was like, what would you think about doing an outdoor concert? You come out here, we would do a socially distanced outdoor lawn chair cabaret, you and your guitar, you're like super far away from everybody. We'd have these pods, we'd set it up. And so it was September of 2020. And I got to do my first performance back live with an audience. And it was the most magical night of my life. And since then, the show has morphed into this wonderful, beautiful thing. I have a manager now and I've been picked up by different theaters. I was out at the Angaman Theater last summer. Mm -hmm. I performed twice at the Green Room 42. And it's just, it's kind of exploded from there. So I've been fortunate enough to actually get to go back into performing on my own terms and with my own show. Mm -hmm. Kind of because of the shutdown. Because of the shutdown. It's so crazy how it didn't stop the artistry. No. Artists just pivoted. It was like every good business. Artists just figured out a way to pivot. And it was the thing that the like got stronger during mm-hmm. it. I mean, I know that our industry is suffering still, but the art that came out of that and the artists and the resilience that you see from the artists is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it was a really, as hard and horrible as it was, it was a really lovely thing to see how people got through it yeah, with art. Totally. And now... I just feel like now that the world's back open, everyone just wants to be in an audience and see that mm. art live. People are so excited to be back in a 
actual theater, not a Zoom theater, and not a, you know what I mean? No. Have you gone back to see a show on Broadway yet? Oh, yeah. I've seen a couple. I mean, I ran as soon as it opened back up. Those yeah. plays that were there as the testers when Broadway opened back. I was like, I got to see a show. I haven't seen shows in years. But no, I'm really excited for all the new stuff coming. Have you been able to catch any shows? Yes. Yeah, I've seen a couple of shows. I actually just saw Paradise Square. <gasps> I'm still trying to see that one. Oh, you got, okay, get it. I just got goosebumps even just saying oh. it. I, Oh my god! I know. It was, I love it, the story that they're trying. They're I telling. Love. I'm like, oh, I gotta and see this. The talent in that cast is like blow your mind. I mean, it's so rare that you have a standing ovation in the middle of the show. Wow! And there was a huge standing ovation. Wow. I don't want to like, give it away, but it was amazing. Ah. And yeah, and you could just feel the energy in the audience mm-hmm. is so much different than be- in the yes. before times, yes. as we say. Everyone's just so happy to be there. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. I. It kind of took me aback. I recently did a cabaret at 54 and just the audience's roar. I kind of almost forgot. I almost yeah. forgot what that sounded like in real life. And I was like, oh, yes. Because <laughs> you can't applause. duplicate it yeah. over a Zoom screen. No, no, that not energy. at all. Well, you're definitely going to get that same roar when you come to 54 Glow because so. this show sounds amazing. Okay. You're celebrating the queens of folk rock. How do you even find a set list for that? You must be a folk rock enthusiast. Very much so. Okay. One of my many jobs, I am a part of a band. It's called a band called Hanalee. And Mm. it's a modern folk day, like a modern folk trio based on Peter, Paul and Mary and all of their friends. So the last six or seven years, I've been touring with them and doing performances with them. I have always loved that music. I wanted to be a part of that band because I grew up with Peter, Paul and Mary, Carol King, Carly Simon. My mom was like playing the Tapestry album from Carol King on a loop. I mean, like that was our sound. That was a soundtrack to my childhood. And then in high school I discovered Joni Mitchell and her blue album was like the soundtrack to my high school years and it was just these incredible women of that 70s folk rock era that has resonated with me so much and I've done research on them and I've read books about them and they fascinate me because they really were these women that were paving the way for so many artists that followed them and they broke so many molds and broke so many barriers. It was crazy at that time for a woman to not have a, a group behind her backing her up or to be like the front woman of a band or the lead singer of a band was huge at that time. And to not have a man promoting her or putting her out there, she was making her own money, booking her own shows. And it just fascinated me as a woman who is trying to do, make my own way and do my own thing. These women are just so inspirational to me. It's Dolly Parton mm-hmm. and Emmylou Harris and Linda Ronstadt and these incredible, incredible voices and women. And I just love them. It was hard to narrow down the set list. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I know folk rock. I mean, I don't know folk rock as well as you do, but all of those names that you just said, I know because they are so iconic that even if you don't know a folk rock song, you know that name. And yeah. the part I love most about honoring artists outside of just their songs is their story. When you start researching them and you're just like, oh my God, they really were just an artist that made it. It was the same artist struggle that you're seeing all your current artist friends going through. And it's really inspiring to hear like, oh, Dolly Parton was once broke. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And just playing for pennies yeah. at a bar. Yeah. 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 So I just think this kind of show expressing your love for these women, the feel, the love, we're going to feel it in that room that night. 
I hope so. I think so. I just feel like their songs also already lean you to like being very like vulnerable and they always tell stories in their song, especially Dolly. It's just like yes. the audience going to love this. And I think there's going to be some fun ones that like you just can't help but sing along. It's these songs that we kind of not forget about, but sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. I used to love that song or oh, I've heard that in this movie or that or the other thing. And we're just putting it all in one evening and it's going to be. I'm really excited. Yeah. It's going to be the best one yet. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about the show. Like, do you have any special guests? I mean, no, we got Brad Simmons coming along, but is it, yes. we're going to talk about Brad in a second because he is iconic and fierce. <sighs> I am I know. a big fan, but it, I mean, it's just you and Brad or you got some it other. It is just me and Brad. We talked about bringing special guests in and we talked about bringing more people in, into the band or special guests. And then we were like, you know what? No, we really want this to be. Like you're coming into our living room and we're just jamming. We're jamming mm -hmm. out. It's really cash. We want it to be really comfortable and intimate. And we're like, we don't need to add all the bells and whistles for this one. Mm -hmm. Let's just keep it me on guitar, Brad on piano. We're harmonizing on a bunch of stuff. Nice. He is just like a superstar. He's joining me with so many songs, but he's also my music director. So he also loves this era yeah. and loves this genre of music, which is why he was like my number one pick for collaboration. And so he's had so many wonderful ideas and I actually am leaving this podcast to go rehearse with him right after this. So yes. yeah, y'all hear that? She is rehearsing. Y'all got to get yes. these tickets. They are getting this show together. What has the <laughs> rehearsal process been like? I mean, Brad Simmons is so fierce. How did you even meet? Like, tell that story. Let's go on. Oh my gosh, that's a great question. I've known of Brad for years and years and years just in the cabaret circuit. And I've always been like, oh my God, what a dream to work with Brad. Mm -hmm. I was seeing Christina Bianco's show. I was seeing Alice Ripley's show. He collaborated with so many like iconic cabaret ladies and i was introduced to him actually by my friend colleen mm. out at homedale theater company and i was at christina bianco's show and we made a connection and we hit it off and then we got in touch and i went and did the lineup with Susie mosier at yeah. birdland and brad is also the music director for there and we hung out again after that and we just we instantly connected and we're like oh wait you're my kind of person mm -hmm. we're yes we love the same music we love this thing and i told him about my show and he was like oh, we need to collaborate. This is my stuff. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. So it's been amazing with Brad and he has been so encouraging and wonderful. And yeah, he's an icon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I love anytime I'm at a cabaret and I didn't know he was going to be there, but he's there. I'm like, oh, Take the oh, money now. This is going to be yeah, great. This is going to be so exactly. fun. Exactly. It's like, oh, this show is going to be great. Yeah. I have no doubt. No, definitely. Wow. Well, I mean, this show is definitely going to be something refreshing to see and to hear and to feel. I want people to hear you don't only have to do cabaret. You know what I mean? And I feel like, mm -hmm. Tina, you are a perfect example of that. You are so multifaceted. We haven't even got to talk about your makeup career or your podcast. So let's get into yeah. it. So okay. let's talk about how artists should probably have like multiple lanes. Do you recommend that or how did it help you? Yes. Well, as my dear, dear friend, Michael Kushner says, he is a multi-hyphenate. Mm -hmm. And that is, I think, so, for me, very crucial to my career and the success of my career. When I first moved to the city, I was doing all of the odd jobs. I was catering. I was babysitting. I worked retail. I handed out flyers in Times Square. I mean, you oh, name wow. the job, you did I that. was doing it. One day, I was like, <laughs> this 
<laughs> I am out of here. So like, I have so much respect for those people in Times Square. Cause like, God bless them. It is rough. Yeah. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I'm not strong enough. I'm just not, I don't have the will. <laughs> so I've done every odd job and it was about, oh my gosh, maybe five years ago. I, you know, makeup has been a part of my life forever. My mom was a makeup artist. I grew up doing theater. I loved makeup. I loved, I mean, I was curling my hair when I was like six years old. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just have always loved that. And I would always do my friend's hair and makeup for uh, prom or dances or special events. And I was doing a show off Broadway and I was sitting next to this gal who was like, will you do my eyebrows tonight? And will you do my makeup tonight? Will you do, will you do? And then she's like, you know, if you ever wanted to like do this as a business, you could do this as your side job. And I was like, I have no qualifications. I have no background <laughs> in makeup. And she was like, uh, yeah, you do. It's an art form. And like you have done makeup. Well, I needed the credentials to back it up. So I went and did an intensive and got my certification in makeup. Nice. And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to launch this little sweet baby business. So like, hi, if you need a makeup artist, let me know. And it blew up wow. and I haven't stopped working since and my business I've had it for five years I've been able to quit all my other side hustles and have that be like the one money maker for me so that I'm allowed to go and travel with my band mm -hmm. I can create this show I can make my podcast mm -hmm. and I'm still in the theater world which is lovely I specialize in actor headshots yeah. so I'm getting to meet these amazing people work with these brilliant photographers and I'm in the business and I'm talking to people about what they're going in for and what they're doing so it's been the most rewarding thing to be able to make a living by being creative and it's not the traditional path I never would have thought I thought there was one way I have to either be in a show or I have to cater like mm -hmm. those are my two options mm -hmm. and it's just not true you don't have to do that nope nope and I love that I love that you had that journey and now you're here to tell that story you're like your own dolly parton you're out here doing your own shows you had your hard times and now you're here you know what i mean yes and also so like no shade to like the restaurant business or babysitting or whatever you do to like support yourself to get like do what you got to do no absolutely but we're all artists here and we know yes. how taxing those jobs can be especially if you have an audition the next day you know what i mean you didn't yes. move here to be a babysitter or a work at a right. restaurant so those kind of jobs do make it harder to go book something because you're yep. so tired trying to yes. pay your rent oh, oh new york God. city it's oh man new york city <laughs> like an abusive partner <laughs> truly truly <laughs> i just feel like it is so cool to hear though that you stumbled upon this makeup journey and that not only did you stumble upon it you crushed it and now you're not clocking in anymore you just <laughs> that is so fabulous i love thank that. you Come thank in. you i'm yeah. really proud of it yeah. it's been wonderful and so rewarding are you allowed to say your most exciting client Ooh. I, okay, off the top, I had so many great clients. Okay, the, the first, the most, I think the most exciting day for me was when I had done Beth Malone's makeup for her headshot wow. twice, which was fabulous. And I loved it. And then she sends me a text message the opening night of company. And she was like, Tina, I need a makeup artist and hair artist any chance you could be here in the next few hours at my apartment and get me ready for the company opening night. And I was like, I was in the middle of a shoot. And I was like, I have to go. I, I, it was like totally Mrs. Doubtfire. I was like Sally Fields. I was like, I have to leave. I have to go. I have to leave now. I have to go. I have to go. We have to leave now. And I was like, Beth Malone calls. And so it was so cool. And then like, you know, she was on all those amazing websites and Getty images. And I was just like, oh my God, Beth freaking Malone called me to do her hair and makeup for mm -hmm. an opening night. So that was one of the most exciting and rewarding 
moments. Yeah. I mean, it feels like those New York moments. I feel like that's, yeah. an, that's one of those New York moments where it's just like, this wouldn't have happened anywhere else where I'm just like yeah. casually talking to a celebrity and also doing her makeup for an yes. opening night that's gonna be photographed a lot like <laughs> yeah exactly I was like oh my god is this my life is this really my life oh my god <laughs> that's so exciting it was really cool and then when you're not producing amazing shows honoring queens of folk rock and not doing the makeup of celebrities <laughs> you have a podcast Yes. Yes. Obsessed with the best with Alex and Tina, another product of the pandemic. Wow. Yes. It started out, I have to tell you the origin story of it because it's really lovely. Mm -hmm. It started out, my friend Alex Ferrara, who's my co-host, we had this plan. She was starting a YouTube channel, a beauty channel, and I was going to come be a guest on her YouTube channel to talk about being a makeup artist in the industry. Our date to do that was scheduled for like March 13th. Mm -hmm. And we were like, well, let's just postpone that. And it's like uh, of 2020, of course. <laughs> so then we like, you know, we stayed in touch and we're talking and she's like, would you want to get on an Instagram live and maybe just like you bring three things that are bringing you joy. I'll bring three of my favorite things that are bringing me joy. Let's hop on right after we finish banging our pots and pans for healthcare or frontline workers. Mm -hmm. Let's get on at like 7, 10 and let's just talk for like half an hour. Mm -hmm. Well, we did it. And people were like, oh my God, this was the best thing ever. Will you come back next week? And so we started coming back every Thursday. We called it Alex and Tina's favorite things. Yeah. And we'd show up every Thursday and it could have been a moisturizer. It could be a book. It could be something we saw on TV. It could be something beauty related. We were just talking about the things that were making our lives easier in this horrible time, mm -hmm. things that were bringing us joy. And then a producer approached us, Dimly Wit Productions, Alan Waters at Dimly Wit and said, we think this would be a great podcast would you guys want to consider turning this into a show? And we were like, we know nothing about podcasts, but yes, yes, absolutely. And we started this podcast and now we're in our fourth season. We know with 21 episodes in each season and we've rebranded. We're now obsessed with the best. We wanted to expand it beyond our favorite things. We now interview inspirational women. We're really female focused, female founders, female entrepreneurs. And then we also have what we call our classic episodes where we talk about the things that are making our lives as New York City multi-hyphenates mm -hmm. easier, more functional and joyful. Yes. Yes. And remind Thanks. the folks, what's it called again? Obsessed with the Best with Alex and Tina. And you can, you can find it anywhere, right? Yeah. yeah. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. You can follow us on Instagram, Obsessed with the Best Pod. Yeah, we're all over the place. It's really crazy because I feel like it's still too soon to say, wow, there was good in the pandemic. But <laughs> yes. was, now, we're see now we're out of it and we're looking back. And a lot of people had a lot of internal growth and discovery and just new skills and just yeah. new things that motivate them. Because I mean, we had to get really creative to survive. And I think that creativity is sort of, we're seeing how that came to manifest. Yeah, yeah, totally. That is so fun. And also another moment where you're just stumbling upon things, Tina, and killing it. That's so fierce. <laughs> Thanks. I just feel like a podcast is so fun, especially these days. Like everyone loves podcasts. We're on a podcast right now. But I, I just feel like the fact that y'all were able to catch that from just doing Instagram lives casually. And you said a yeah. really important part there is that you were jumping on right after we were banging the pots and the pans out the window. And I was banging the pots and the pans out the window too. And I remember banging the pots and the pan out the window thinking, this is crazy. We are really doing this like this yeah. is like real this is real life it was always that moment at the end of the day where I was just like wow we're still in this 
And we're, we're still so banging this. pans for the hospital to motivate the hospital. <laughs> yes. And like, I don't think you could like describe it to anyone unless you were there yeah. and in it. Like we can't, I don't think they'll be able to replicate it in history books or even telling people later. It's like, unless you were there, it was something that you cannot be explained what that time was like. Yeah. The city was so quiet. Oh, wow. It was so bizarre. Did you stay the whole time? <sighs> Tina, I was here the whole time, but I also had my own apartment. So I think some people, they were trapped with their roommates and stuff. It was like, I got to go. But I lucked out and my tiny home turned into a castle that year. (laughs) Right. I know. I I like really nested, man. I nested. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) It was a well-needed rest though, because artists sometimes we are go, 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 go. It's New York City. As artists, you kind of can't miss opportunities. So I think us all sitting down and refocusing, remembering why we're here, somehow it kind of helped. You know what I yeah, mean? absolutely. I feel like outside of the shows and outside of the makeup and outside of the podcast, it's kind of like your work. What do you do in your leisure? Like when you had to leisure and didn't have anything to do, what else were you doing? What, oh Netflix? Oh yeah. Oh, I am a huge, <laughs> I am a huge Netflix person. Yeah. During the pandemic, it was like, I finally had to like write out like a really detailed schedule just so I didn't go bonkers. But I was like, okay, I'm going to practice guitar and then I'm going to watch my little show. Then I'm going to do a little workout and I don't work out anymore. So (laughs) that was like a great thing during the pandemic. But now I'm like, oh God, what happened? Really let myself go. But yeah, Netflix, there's so much great television out there right Mm now. I'm obsessed. What else? I'm re- I've like rediscovered my love for the library. I have like the best Ooh. New York Public Library right at the end of my street. And I was mm. like, I've never been. And I just like wandered down there one day and was like, wait a minute. I've missed out on this like free resource yeah. that is right steps outside my door. So I'm currently reading Stacey Abrams book, her fiction oh, yeah. book, oh. While, Justice, While Justice Sleeps. Mm-hmm. And she's an incredible writer. It's so freaking good. Yeah. Listen, yeah. people are multi-hyphenate. You just really, you got to be these days. It's 2022. You got to have yes. multiple skills. You have to have multiple skills. Even the politicians got to be amazing uh, exactly. fiction writers. <laughs> <laughs> right? Can you imagine? I know. That is so fierce. I think, though, all of those stories and our stories, mm-hmm. it's crazy to hear how inspiring even we can be to a younger generation or an artist who dreams about moving to New York. For those younger generations, do you ever do mentorships or have you found yourself guiding the youth in any kind of way? Yeah, actually, it's funny you should ask that because I just returned from about a week long conference in Florida. I was at the Florida State Thespians Festival and there were 8000 high school students competing or not really. I guess they're not competing so much, but performing and doing different things. I was there and I taught makeup workshops, makeup for auditions. I adjudicated makeup design and I met these. Oh, my gosh. I was so inspired by this generation of kids. I think they get, sometimes every younger generation gets flack from the older generation, Mm -hmm. but actually working with these kids and seeing how creative and accepting and open and vocal they are about what they need, what they desire and how vulnerable they are to so many things outside of them. It was really a beautiful thing. And I found myself just really relishing being in that position of mentorship and teaching and being like, oh my God, I remember when I was this age and how impressionable I was. Mm -hmm. And I just hope that I can be what I needed Mm -hmm. when I was their age. And yeah, and then Alex and I, my 
podcast co-host, we have an intern that works with us. Her name's Kiris Fox. She's fabulous. She's, I think she just turned 20, but she has, we consider, we're like, we like to say that we're her mentors, but I mean, really she's our mentor. She's, <laughs> she's keeping us in line. She is like taking care of business and she is going to school at Baldwin Wallace and yes. she has just been wonderful, but it's really great to have this sort of the Alex and I are always like, we need the younger generation to teach us how to do the, the TikTok and the Instagrams and the things. But yeah, I'm really loving, loving working with the younger generation. I'm hoping to do more of it. Yeah. I mean, it is so inspiring. I grew up going to those theater festivals in Ohio. So I know exactly what kind of fun you probably had. I remember having so much fun and the idea of going back as one of the adjudicators, that probably was really exciting too. Like, it was so uh, cool. That's so Well, fun. and like, we didn't have that in Montana or at least oh. I didn't know about it. So this was like, wait a minute, they offer these kinds of things. I mean, if I would have had that in high school, I don't even, I think I would have just burst into flames. I was so excited. Yeah. Like, it was so cool. It was really neat. I remember thinking when I was in high school that not all 50 states did it. Like it was only certain states that had their big theater festival. Ohio was one of them. But huge. I mean, obviously, if you think about all the theater schools in Ohio, like they're going to definitely have a festival there. But yeah. yeah, I just feel like, ooh, that's so exciting. Now, for the younger generation, some of them are going to be too scared to leave Florida to even come yeah. to New York, you know what I mean? They have this dream of theater and the big stage and Broadway, but sometimes just getting to New York, like you said, it's a journey and people know it's gonna be a journey, so they don't even start it, you know what I mean? What mm -hmm. would you tell somebody knowing, yeah, it's gonna be hard, but how would you kind of encourage them to just try? Something I wish I would have either known or embraced sooner was that there are no rules and there is no direct path, like you were saying, to New York. It all looks very different. And also it doesn't have to end in New York. Your life does not have to begin and end in New York City. Theater, art, music, it is everywhere. Absolutely. Everyone craves it. Everyone wants it. I mean, when we were touring with my band, my folk band, we were in the middle of America playing in junior high schools and it was packed and mm -hmm. full and people were coming from driving hours and hours to come because they wanted to hear this music. So my encouragement would be to not pigeonhole yourself to think that my life has to look this way. I have to go to musical theater school and I have to graduate with a BFA and then I have to move to New York and I have to book a Broadway show because that doesn't you can be so fulfilled and you can make a living mm -hmm. being an artist and being a creative and you can make your own rules. And also, I wish I would have had the the confidence and the wherewithal to go. I'm going to create my own stuff mm -hmm. sooner. Yeah. Like, wow. Now I, I mean, it's a lot of work, mm -hmm. but man, I'm making my own rules now. I'm performing more than I ever, ever have in my life mm -hmm. because I've created my own work. Yeah. And I just I would encourage people to not box themselves in and feel like their life has to look a certain way to be successful. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think that is definitely what people need to hear, especially the fact that theater success doesn't stop or start at Broadway. You can have a full career somewhere else and be completely oh, yeah. fulfilled as an artist, or you can come to New York as an artist and transfer to a different type of artist. You know what I mean? There's always that opportunity, totally. but I think people got to really hear that because I just remember how hard it was to convince myself, like, I can do it. You know what I mean? I know. And I know. Now I've been here for a couple of years, too. And it's just like, wow, that is so crazy. And then hearing your story of how you were doing regional work and having such great success with that, like, people really need to hear that, like, right out of school. Yeah. Travel. You don't have to run to New oh. York and pay this rent yet. 
Yes. It's something I always tell people. I'm like, New York's not going anywhere. It's always going to be here. Broadway's not going anywhere. I mean, I've left so many times and come back and it's fine. If that, It'll be fine. If the shutdown taught us anything, you know oh what I God. mean? Everybody was like, this is the end of New York. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> How? no. How? How would New York even How? end? Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Ex exactly. If, yeah. So if, if these past few years didn't teach you anything, you got plenty of time to come to New York. It's not going anywhere. You know nope. what I mean? And the love for Broadway I was scared during that shutdown. So I was like, do y'all like it as much as I like it? Like, can we please not let this go away? And of course not. There's I know. And the community just, yeah. oh my gosh, it's it's a beautiful thing. And that's what, you know, that is the cool thing about New York is we're scrappy here. Mm -hmm. It's scrappy and we're lit up and we're fired up mm -hmm. and it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, oh, I'm so excited. Uh, you are about to give so much energy to our little cabaret stage at Feinstein's 54 Below. What do you want the people to leave with? Like, what's that? You know how you always ask that cliche, like, what do you want the audience to leave with? What do you, like, what are you trying to? Well, like I mentioned in the beginning, like these songs were the soundtrack to my childhood and growing up. And I want to bring that to the audience too, that sense of nostalgia. Yeah. And my favorite thing in the whole wide world is making people feel happy and joyful and to make people laugh and to feel that fire in your heart that just makes you happy. That's my favorite thing in the whole wide world. So my goal would be for people to leave feeling that sense of safety and groundedness, nostalgia, empowerment, and inspiration from these incredible women that came before me. And that's the magic of music. I mean, I can't remember my middle name most days, but like I could remember like every single lyric to a song that I grew up with. And it's just such a core sense memory for us. Yes. And I love the word nostalgia. Something about nostalgia just gets, uh, you got me. I'm gonna buy a ticket just because I so I can feel like a little yes. kid again. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just such a nice feeling and you're just in the theater again and it's live music and the singers are right there. You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, we need this. This I mean, if you haven't heard our conversations, we are two artists <sighs> that lived through the pandemic, y'all. <laughs> We are out here trying to provide joy and entertainment and just keep our artists' hearts fulfilled. But Tina, you're doing it. I mean, from the show to the makeup, the successful makeup career, you know what I mean? You got people already recommending you. And then the podcast on top of that, which I don't know if y'all can tell, but she has an amazing voice and personality. So it's like, what else are you going to do? What do you want to do next? Do you have any other things... My dream would be to record an album one day. I'm dabbling in songwriting mm -hmm, now. Mm -hmm. I'm very new, but I would love to record an album someday. I want to keep performing and I want to just, I want to keep doing all of it. Yeah. I love my work. I love my life in New York City. And I just want to, as my therapist says, expand my container yes. to allow more, more opportunity and more things to come in. And I'm just open and ready for anything to come in my way. Yes. Yeah. Tina, let the people know. Are you on social media? Where can they find you? What's going on? Yes, I'm on the social. I'm at Teenziano. My friends call me Teens. Mm -hmm. So it's T-E-E-N-Z-I-A-N-O. That's my main one. And then Tscariano Makeup is my makeup Instagram. And then Obsessed with the Best Pod is my podcast Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I have a website. I think those are all the things. I'm on the TikTok. Anywhere, just search my name and you'll find me. Yes, yes. And that name is Tina Scariano, y'all. Tina, yes. thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Kev. This was so 
fun. I had a blast chatting with yes, you. Yes, y'all get your tickets. You don't want to miss this. April 14th, Feinstein's 54 Below. She's making this debut, y'all, called Feels Like Home, featuring music from the queens of folk rock that you know and love. Did I get that right, Yes. Tina? You go, oh, you nailed it. Yes. You nailed it. All right, everybody. You know my name. I'm Kevin Ferg. You can find me on social media everywhere. Until next time, Tina, say bye. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to the Fine Science 54 Below podcast, part of the Broadway Podcast Network. Subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.